You're listening to Girl Talk, a podcast for girls, hosted by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Girls are go-getters, innovators, risk-takers, and leaders. As the premier leadership organization for girls, Girl Scouts sets the standard. Girl Scouts is the girl expert, and in a world full of challenges, we're in Girl's Corner. Today we have Kadra Mohammed with us on the podcast. Kadra works at Girl Scout River Valleys as a program coordinator in the Girl Scout Connects program, providing Girl Scout programming to girls in unrepresented communities where they're at in places like schools and community centers. She graduated from the University of Minnesota with a degree in child psychology, worked as a Promise Fellow with AmeriCorps. I was also an AmeriCorps Kadra, whoop, whoop, AmeriCorps MCA, and has worked with young people in other after-school programs and summer programs. Outside of work, Kadra loves concerts, sewing, journaling, and hanging out with her siblings. All the time, Kadra with the siblings, or just every once in a while? <laughs> well, once in a while, and some of them. It's <laughs> <And some laughs> only some select. I'm actually going to a concert tonight, Good Charlotte. Whoop, whoop. Oh, We're nice. excited to talk to Kadra about her experience as a Somali Muslim girl growing up in a small town in upstate New York, and then in Minnesota. What kinds of challenges she faced then and still today as a woman in the professional world, and what we can do in our communities to support Somali Muslim girls and their families. Hey, Kadra, and welcome to Girl Talk. Welcome. Hey. Thanks for having me. We're so excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> So one of the things we wanted to talk about, like at the very beginning, before we even get started on questions, because yes. we're so excited to hear about your experience, um, is we wanted to set some some kind of like guidelines for our discussion because I think sometimes having a conversation about someone else's culture or someone else's experience can be kind of hard, and maybe we don't all have like the tools we need to like be successful. So we thought we could start with a little bit of like what are those things we want to like keep in mind when we're talking through this. Um, and one of the things that came out was we want to make sure we're all speaking from our own experience. Um, yeah, so, we're not representatives of <laughs> yeah. the different memberships and demographics that we belong to. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other thing we thought of was like to be open. And this is a dialogue. We're hoping we can ask questions that maybe we haven't had an opportunity to ask anyone before. And you can do the same of us. And, and then we can all learn something. Sound good? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right, so let's get started with the first question. Yeah, let's talk through it. So, Kadra, what was it like growing up as a Somali Muslim girl in Minnesota? Growing up as a Somali girl in Minnesota was a culture shock for my own culture. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, and mm -hmm. there were not a lot of Somalis there. Um, when I hung out with my friends, we didn't really talk about our culture, our race, our religion. It was just, we just hung out with each other. Mm -hmm. That was not brought up. When I moved to Ohio, there was a larger Somali population, but we were kind of isolated mm -hmm. in this little town. And then I moved to Minnesota and there were Somalis <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, there are yes. so many people that look like me. I could not believe it. And then I found out that Minnesota has the most Somalis outside of Somalia in the world. Yeah. You know? And I just couldn't believe it. Everywhere I went, especially Minneapolis, I was like, there's people in hijabs like me there. Yeah are people who look like me, speak my language, eat the same food as yeah. me. And I was such a culture shock. I could yeah. not believe it. I really liked it because when I went to school, it encouraged me to learn more about myself because growing up, I didn't speak a lot of Somali or um, I didn't wear the hijab a lot like here and there. And then yeah. I saw people like me and I wanted to learn more about my culture yeah. and my religion. 
and be around more Somali girls. And just for context, the hijab is um, a term that we use for um, the headscarf that a lot of Muslim women wear. Yeah. So that's one of the things I really liked about coming to Minnesota. Yeah. How old were you when you were here? I came here when I was 15. That's what's up. I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And just even looking back, my brother goes to the same high school that I went to. And looking back, there are so many Somalis there, more than when I went there. So that's also a great thing about Minnesota is it just the population just keeps growing and growing because there's so many of us here. Yeah. Did you move? Did your family move here partly because of the community? Like where they did they move here partly because they wanted to be around other peoples from their culture or was it like just a job move or why did you guys move? Yeah, that's a really great question because <laughs> no offense to anyone who lived in Ohio, but it was really hard for us to live there. There was, yeah. um, I've heard I, that about a lot of people. I have, I have a good friend who is from Ohio and loves Ohio, but is also like, I can't live there anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly how it was for our family. Like we loved, there were a lot of things we loved about it, but it was, I remember the first day that we moved there, it was a foreshadowing of everything that was to come. The first day we moved there, we were at the gas station. We didn't even go to our townhouse yet, and someone told us to go back to Africa. Mm-mm. Oh boy! And that was just kind of a foreshadowing of how the rest uh, of our time would yeah. be. It was, yeah. um, God bless my parents, I love them, but <laughs> we lived in an area that was mostly Somali, like, well, not a lot of people of color. Yeah. And we went to a school that was predominantly white, mm-hmm. and that shift was very hard my parents wanted us to be around more Somali so yeah yeah so we, when we came here there was way more of us a lot of our family was here yeah a family yeah. I've never seen before that right. I was like Katra what's up and I'm like ah. I <laughs> don't know you but <laughs> hey, this is great. yeah <laughs> but I love it because I met so many family members that I didn't even yeah. know that I had so that was a big reason why we came to Minnesota yeah. because of the community that we just my parents really wanted for us yeah that is so awesome that your parents were so like deliberate and intentional yes are, do you are you the youngest in your family like of your siblings I'm the third oldest and there's eight of us whoa yes I'm an only child so I'm like foreign that is a foreign experience oh, being an only child sounds foreign to me I could yeah, yeah. yeah. I think about that I'm it's like, like who I would cannot. I fight with every day right <laughs> like who's like it's okay I, I fight with myself <laughs> <laughs> There's no. a lot of internal battles. <laughs> Hannah's like, I got it covered. <laughs> I got it covered. No big deal. <laughs> so I don't know. There's some pros and cons. Yeah, a, I uh, I also grew up with six siblings. So, uh, I, pardon me. Oh, so I have you, six siblings. So I know how it is. You but know I'm how the it youngest is. of six, though. Oh, you're the baby. Yeah. My, uh, my family actually moved from Chicago to Minneapolis when I was about one year old. And uh, we moved over south, and I grew up uh, over in the South Minneapolis, like Lindale uh, area, and it's it's extremely diverse and full of so many different people, and I, I it was an awesome experience. We might have crossed paths every once in a while. I was gonna say we probably did. I just yeah. had no idea. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and the story continues. But Kadra, so we're talking about how excited it was, and in, in in your experience with growing up in Minneapolis, but. Sometimes, you know, it's not always very positive, you know, sometimes. So yes. I want to talk to you a little bit about what are the barriers or challenges that Somali Muslim girls face in Minnesota in general? What is your experience? I think the biggest challenge that we face is navigating the different identities that we have. Mm. We're not just part of the Somali ethnic group. We're black. We're women. Um, a lot of us are 
Muslim visible hijabis where we wear the headscarf. Yeah. So we're facing all of these different identities. And it's yeah. so hard to navigate the world sometimes when if someone doesn't like you because you're black, they're not going to like you because you're a woman. A woman. Mm, yeah. They're not going to like you because you're Muslim. Yeah. So there's just so many different identities that we have that yeah. we have to deal with every single day. And that can be really hard. Um, an experience that I had, um, I lived in Apple Valley. And I remember our first year here, um, two kids called me my sister, Terrace. Yeah. And I don't yell at people. Like, I'm not, like, <laughs> I don't scream at people. I don't yell. And I was, like, yelling at this kid. I'm, like, I have to hold him accountable. I have to right. tell him, like, what's wrong. And I may have not done it in the most uh, productive way. <laughs> um, but I, that was. You're, like, this ain't Ohio, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is not Ohio. And that was something that was very stressful for me. Mm. Just knowing that um, no matter where I go in the world, I'm always going to be, I feel like I always feel like a target. Yeah. Some things are more stressful than others. I think um, Minnesota is one of the few states that I feel like I can be comfortable in. But even Mm -hmm. then, like, there are still things that uh, we could do better. Yeah. So I think the biggest barrier is that the world isn't very nice to people who are like us, yeah. to be honest. And right. it doesn't help that um, within our political climate and just especially the media and um, the lack of education that a lot of people have, mm-hmm. um, they just assume things. Yeah. So I think a lot of the barriers come from other people, other outside sources, because we're doing great. Like, yeah. my <laughs> girls are amazing and awesome and we're killing it. Um, <laughs> it's unfortunate that other people are don't want to do the research and want to put their hands up and not get close to us. And it's like stressful. I I imagine it would be stressful for a girl to have to navigate all of that on top of like the regular stuff that girls navigate, like homework, friendships, sports, family, family, yeah, whatever it is, like uh, all of those pieces, like those exist for every girl, but then there's these extra layers on top that make those things more difficult. And so I imagine that, that's even harder yes that definitely is because when you're in middle school or high school you're thinking about like football games dances boys girls um your friends um so many different things and then on top of that um you say things on the news and Mm -hmm. um you hear things or um your teachers might say an inappropriate comment and um i remember one time my teacher wanted me to be the spokesperson of my religion and they're like can you speak on islam and like you know yeah, like during right. in world history and i was like no <laughs> you do it like, yeah. no that's and it's a yeah. little like uh, i'd imagine that maybe felt a little bit like a trap yeah because yeah. yeah. <laughs> i love talking about my religion and but like he didn't do that to other people when we were yeah, speaking right. about christianity and yeah. i felt like it was very uncomfortable and so yeah on top of all the things that um girls go through during like middle school and high school because it can be really hard there's other things as well that um we have to think about yeah like i wouldn't want my teacher to be like so it's february and uh shana we need you to jump in you know like (laughs) i I don't know what's happening here like (laughs) you need to complete like a 30 minute dissertation (laughs) it's like the teacher like it's like you got it right and then they like leave yeah Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, and it's it's really unfortunate that people will think that they already know your story, uh, Kadra, like you yes. talked about. Or for a, a lot of uh, Somali young women in Minnesota or across the nation, like that people think they know your story or have assumptions about what is your background based on your hijab or based on um, who you are. And you want people to get the story from you and to hear yeah. your insight and your personal relationship to your to your community. And so... Thinking a little bit about that, Kadra, let's fill people in. So, like, yeah. for those who might not be familiar with the Somali Muslim culture, what are some things that are important to you? Things like family traditions or values? Family is the number one thing, mm -hmm. which there are, are many Somalis here, and a lot of them have really big families. Yeah. Family is very important to us. And I really admire my parents because um, – my dad, he'll get a random phone call and he's like, oh, I have like a random sister I didn't know about. And he'll like send her money. And like, he's like, what do you need? Like money, like food, like please let me know. And I'm like, dad, I think you got scammed. And he's like, no, that's my family. Like we got to look out for each other. And I'm like, no, you got finessed. And he was not like, family's so important to us. Like that's something that like my dad my mom i admire them so much because they just have each other's backs and have all of our backs and they will do anything for us and um not just our immediate family yeah. it's so important to just have like have their backs and look out for each other because um we're all a part of this little community and yeah whenever i go to the somali mall or if i'm just walking around and i see someone who's somali we say hi to each other and mm. uh, um we call each other sister, even though like we just we don't know them. That's just a part of our culture. Like, yeah. even if you don't know the person, they're Somali. Like, we have that connection that no one else is gonna have. No one yeah. shares with us. So, family is very important. Um, language is also important, especially um, for the younger generation. I think our parents really want us to keep our language. Yeah, but our language is so hard to learn <laughs> like if you're not immersed in it there's yeah. not a lot of textbooks and the text is really hard to yeah, read i've been it. like i've been like I, I actually emailed duolingo because they don't have a somali i looked thing it, yet. i that looked it up awesome. and i couldn't find it i was like what are we supposed to do here like we live in this community where like we have so many somali people and a lot of jobs even it'll be like you know props if you can speak somali like yeah. those yes. kinds of things so i was like man duolingo needs to add Somali to the app because then like more people could learn it. I, don't totally. know. I was actually looking at that as well because I also um I want my Somali to be better. Like I'm yeah. not perfect at all. There's some things that my parents will say and I'm like, the only reason why I know that is because of context. Yeah, right. right. Like the sentence structure, but I want to be better at Somali, and so I wish there was more ways to learn it. But yeah, our parents really want us to hold on to our language, and so we can teach it to our kids and because it's so important to us yeah um we are storytellers and somalis are poets and uh, we rely so much on our language because we don't write a lot of things down yeah so uh, my parents really want us to hold on to our language and that's just how somalis are in general like you have to know how to speak somali yeah it's very important to us and food of course <laughs> food oh, is oh, let's, let's very dive into important the food. yes my favorite is sambus and i think we've had a conversation shayna oh, yes. I think you took your girls to get some. Oh yeah, and some Wait, some shad, which is tea. Describe, yep. describe it. Uh, it's this <laughs> beautiful triangle that yes. brings yes. you peace and Brings happiness <laughs> as soon as you consume it. So am I am yes. I on the right like a, ball? A pastry yes. kind of thing, right <laughs> on the outside. Is it pastry? It's um like a fried dough. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. 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 And um 
the inside is, it varies. Some people mostly it's it be veggie beef, or beef? veggies, um, chicken. Yeah, I've had fish before. It was horrible, but I <laughs> no. act like it was great because my mom was next to me and she bought it. <laughs> so I was like, "Mom, this is the best." <laughs> great. And I was like, oh, I don't really know about this. <laughs> but food is very important. Yeah. It's, but it's a great way for us to just get together and just have fun. And I had a question, too. Is like, yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things I've been learning about um, as like kind of diving into different cultures, learning about different cultures, is that I was raised sort of with the American, like sort of hyper American, um, like time is money attitude where it's like. Like everything is about like being on time and like those kind. Of, and then I'm I know finding, where this is going. I, well, no, I'm just finding out that a lot of cultures that's not the case, and it, it feels like very interesting to me because I'm just so ingrained in like the checking the clock, making yep. sure I'm on time, like, and that's like a sign of respect or whatever is to like like keep things tight and that kind of thing. And I find myself needing to like relax a little yeah. on that, especially with working with girls. Like you want to be flexible on that and, and that kind of thing. So I'm curious, like. What is that from the Somali perspective? Yes, color people time. That's yeah. color, CP time. CP time. <laughs> I never even heard that. Yes, and I personally hate it because I also hate being late to things. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes I can be a little late, but I really, I really like feel really bad. Yeah. And I have gone to Somali um, like weddings or parties. And it says it will start at 8 p.m. And it does not start until 1 a.m. I'm looking at, yeah, and I'm looking (laughs) at my watch and I'm looking at a clock and I'm down two cups of coffee. And I'm like, (laughs) I need to leave. And um, quick story, um, me and my mom and her friend who's in her 80s, we were going to a party and it was supposed to end at like 1 a.m. Yeah. It's 3 a.m. I need to go home. And I'm like, Hoya, that means Mama Somali. I got to go. We got to go. I got work in the morning. I have like, to leave. I got to bounce. I did not sign up for this. She made me leave because she wants me to be immersed in my culture yeah. more. And we drove her friend, again, in her 80s, and she's cussing me out. She's like, Kadri, you ruining my fun. Give my ride. I need to stay here. And she ended up finding someone else to give her a ride. But to this day, she like is like, my mom will be like, hey, let's hang out. And she's like, is Kadri coming? <laughs> I'm like the shade of it all. The shade. <laughs> so rude, but yeah, timing. Time is you have to. The main thing is show up. Like yeah. that's yeah. something that like we want people to show up. Like and like the relationship sure. building yeah. kind of piece is more important yes. than like the finish on time kind of. Yeah. Piece. Has that yeah. been your experience yeah, too like, in your community too, Shana? Yeah, like um, of course, like in my experience, like being a person of color, um, being involved in a part of the African American community, um. It's it's interesting. We actually learned about this at uh, a nonprofit that I used to work at. Work at like a Western, a lot of Western and Eurocentric standards emphasize being on time. Yeah. Um, emphasize uh, um, being able to start properly and adhering to an agenda, and those things are important. Don't get me wrong; that's a good yeah. framework to work off of. It makes things organized and and structured. But a lot of cultures will emphasize relationships and flexibility, and in understanding that certain things might take precedence like family or or following up with somebody or yeah. on the way there um and so it's great because you don't want to accidentally um 
promote a standard that not everyone is connected to because then you're saying that my way is right. Yeah, yeah. I know that uh, my good friends, uh, they often have to buy movie tickets for me because I will not get there in time. <laughs> and so you're, you're that friend. <laughs> I'm that friend. <laughs> I had to buy my friend a couple weeks ago tickets because I'm like, we're going to miss this show. Yeah. And I've been waiting for the show they for so long. Always the- had to buy tickets for me. So like, yeah, like I, um, but also like I love being on time too. I like being prompt and um, it doesn't happen as much as I like always. But um, but no, like it's just kind of just like uh, going, going with the flow and yeah. uh, kind of taking the time. That's yeah. really interesting. I, I think like, I think well, so perspective, a little perspective about me. My family has been in America like since Mayflower. Like that's wow. how like American I am. <laughs> I love how there's like so a that's how American. American I am. <laughs> like not like anyone else is like not like I'm more American, but I just mean like, wow, our right. family's been here a long time. For a, very, a long time. Sort of divorced from like other cultures, like and... other origins, like in Europe or whatever. It's like yeah. it's like American is kind of the the one that we most closely associate with. And I think America is very obsessed with like time that time is money attitude right so it's just like or like white america is at least so i think it was like something new that i'm kind of learning and so yeah yeah i took a business class and i remember um in high school and i remember them saying if you're early you're on time if you're on time you're late so that yeah. was the mindset that i was taught that i always had to be early because even if i was on time yeah. I was considered late, yeah. which yeah. is hard when I'm like out the door. My mom's like, take your siblings somewhere, like yeah, drop yeah. them off. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, my goodness, <laughs> like, my, I got you. <laughs> when my mom calls, she literally I'll uh, back in the day. I had to like help her get past this. I'd be like, mom, OK, I have to go. And she thinks that that's five minute warning. And so she's yes. like, I'm like, mom, I have to go. And she'll be like, oh, OK, honey. So then, you know, I had to take Poppy to the vet. Right. And I'm like, yes. mom, wait a minute. Like, I have to go. Like, I'm yes. about to jump into this meeting, mom. She's like, oh, baby, I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. <laughs> My mom is so funny. But um, thinking about different ways that we show up in different communities and spaces that we belong to, you know, we hear a lot in the news and media about the term Islamophobia. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah, um, I didn't understand the term until I was a little bit older. Mm -hmm. But when I look back in hindsight, I experienced it. I just didn't know what the term was. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I was in fourth grade, that's when 9-11 happened. And I remember my teachers coming in the classroom with TV sets. And we were watching the news together and they were crying. And it was really hard for us to understand like Mm -hmm. what was going on. And we did this really incredible project where we made 10,000 cranes. So we learned, like our teachers taught us how to make origami cranes and we would send it um, to the World Trade Center because I didn't live too far from it. I lived in Binghamton, New York. And so uh, we wrote essays about it. We understood exactly what happened. And at the time I wasn't wearing a hijab and I knew I was Muslim, but that was never the first thing that came out of my mind. And I think a lot of people didn't know I was Muslim and so I would hear things that teachers or kids were saying and it was really hard to hear those things when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, what remember, kind of things did you hear? Yeah, I remember my sister, um, we shared an ESL teacher mm-hmm. and she was like everything to me. Like she had like her nails done all the time, her hair was beautiful, she was so young and um I really looked up to her and I remember her saying my sister being upset because she said that Muslims were bad. Mm. And it's hard when this teacher you've looked up to and you've had her for four years and she was one who taught you 
like help teach you English and she's saying these negative things and um it's confusing like yeah what uh, is that because I don't she doesn't know that I'm Muslim so right because I wasn't wearing a hijab at the time and yeah. even though you can assume my last name um she didn't know and she was yeah. very comfortable saying that in front of my sister so right. that was really hard to hear that and um as I got older I saw it more um especially with hate crimes um after 9-11 things just escalated and I became very aware of my identity. Um, I hope my parents aren't uh, listening to this because I'm going to say something that they don't know about. But even if uh, they'll listen to it, they don't. They don't. <laughs> but um, when I was in middle school, I um, I wore the hijab sometimes, but I would um, get to school and I would take it off and mm. put it in my locker. And then when I'd get back on the bus, I would put it back on. And I just wasn't, even though I loved the hijab, I wasn't comfortable because other people weren't comfortable. Right. Mm. So I didn't want to, kind of what we were saying before, you're already in middle school and you're already so aware of who you are and you don't yeah. want to stick out too much. Yeah. Because, it, you know, you want to fit in. And um, so I would just take it off, put it in my locker. My brother went to school with me. He never told on me. He was ride or die. He was like, yeah. right. <laughs> he was like, do what you want. And like, we're, we're fine. And. Um, as I got older, I did get more comfortable um, wearing the hijab, but it was mostly because um, people are going to think what they want, and mm. um, it's it's hard. It's yeah. unfortunate because you hear things on TV, and um, especially I have younger siblings, and they have questions, and it's hard when the thing that you love the most about yourself, people don't like that part right. of you. Like, mm. you love... Mm being a Muslim, you love being a woman, and uh, you love being Somali, and people mm. don't like that part of you, and you're, it's confusing. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, like, when other um, groups of people, when they commit crimes or they do anything, it's never, um, you don't blame the whole group. It's always, you just blame that one person, and um, when you don't fit the majority, they blame everybody. Yeah. So if a Muslim commits a crime, like, all Muslims are terrorists, or if a black person commits a crime, all black people are thugs you know what yeah, i mean right and but when a white person commits a crime it's an isolated event and that was something that was very hard for me to understand um i mostly when i was in high school i think that's in early college when i would hear the term islamophobia more and more um there were these crimes that were happening and i remember like i would get twitter alerts and it would say like a shooting or a bombing and I would pray it wasn't a Muslim. Right. Like I like cannot like it I didn't wanna fear going outside that day yeah. because someone would say a mean comment. Yeah. Or I don't want to go on the University of the Minnesota campus and like people looking at me differently. I would which is really like we think about it and it's disturbing. Like yeah. And a, a really tragic event just happened mm -hmm. and the first thing I'm thinking about isn't oh is everyone okay and it's <laughs> right. not because i don't care about them but i was like i really hope it wasn't a muslim person who committed it because i was trained yeah and i was getting all these images that muslims were bad and i really wanted to prove people that we weren't bad and yeah. that's right. what the media does and you don't even see it happening yeah. um they tell you these things are wrong and even though you know it's not you keep getting it over and over again and they kind of mess with your thoughts a little yeah. bit and yeah. make you feel like why like why like yeah, that people got to get to know you and not think that they already have an idea of your your background or your values, but but let you tell the story. And I think yeah, something I realized exactly. as you were speaking is that 
and it never really occurred to me but um you mentioned like loving wearing the hijab but also i realized that girls in particular then if they wear the hijab have like a, an extra physical marker like it occurred to me that as a boy you might not necessarily experience that in the same way does that make sense i think about that a lot yeah with my brothers because if you, especially if you live in Minnesota, if you look at them, you can tell they're Somali. Right. If you've like been around Somalis long enough, we have like certain features. Yeah. But you couldn't tell they were Muslim because they're not wearing a hijab. Yeah. And uh, with um, Somali women who do cho- who do choose to wear the hijab, we're very visible. And, right. Um, wherever we go, like that's the first thing that people are going to see. And big like places like the airports stress me out right. completely. I, um, I haven't flown too much, but the one time that well i was going to finland to visit um family that was horrible like yeah the way that uh, me and my sister were being touched and um i remember when we were by tsa yes yeah it was very stressful minnesota was fine when we left Mm -hmm. minnesota that's when it got a little stressful Mm -hmm. Uh, when we went to chicago no hate to chicago i love the city (laughs) (laughs) but we went to the hey, Chicago airport. No, just, yeah, I, know, I, I remember that. So I was like, I got to check myself. Born and raised for one year. Yeah. Shayna in I Chicago. Did, I had to check myself though because I remember you just said that. Made my mark. <laughs> but the airport's really big. And I remember we were in line and um, TSA sees me and my sister and they scream head check really loud. And this was 2014. It wasn't too long ago. And Whoa. the woman comes. That's pretty intense. And my sister like was like the guy came up to us and she's like what are you doing and like because she's a boss i love her yeah <laughs> and but um he says a woman's gonna check us and she puts gloves on and starts patting our hijabs down mm. and people are staring at us and i was like that i never want to yeah mm-hmm. i was debating i was like maybe next time i'll uh, i won't wear the hijab when i fly an airplane or maybe i'll like wear in a turban style mm. which i'm wearing it in right now you just yeah. can't tell um where i kind of tie in the back where it looks a little bit more normal yeah um but flying you shouldn't is have very, to but i shouldn't yeah. have to because i yeah. again i love wearing the hijab i and right. i shouldn't have to like hide it because i'm scared of um navigating yeah. airports yeah so. can i ask too why do you say you love it I, at first, I wanted to look like my mom and grandma because they would wear and they just would always like have like glittery and shiny hijabs <laughs> and they just looked so, I thought they just looked so regal and beautiful in it and like royalty. Uh-huh. And when I was younger, I really didn't understand it. Um, I really started wearing it when I got to Minnesota because when I was in Ohio, I would, if I was like hanging out with my friends, I would like take it off yeah. here and there. Um, but when I was in Minnesota... And I saw other girls wearing it and the way they would style it and the way they walked in it. And it was like the sisterhood of Mm -hmm. girls who, uh, like, no matter where I go, if I go somewhere, like, I remember um, this one Muslim girl, she came up to me in the Mall of America and she's like, can you please help me out? Like, I saw you. From a, I was looking for a Somali girl. Like, to help me out. Like, she like, ran over to me. And I'm like, girl, what do you need? Like, I got you. Like, let me help you out. And, like, she, her phone died and she needed a ride. And the mall was closing. So I was, like, helping her out. And, like, the, like it's so, like, that was, like, very important to me. Like, she like, yeah. rushed over. And my friend was with me. And he was like, does that happen a lot? And I was like, actually, it does. Yeah. And, yeah, it's the sisterhood. And um, I feel like it brings me closer to God. And, 
um, brings me closer to my community as well. Yeah. A lot of Muslim women do wear for different reasons. Um, the main one is it's for God. Yeah. And in the Quran, which is the Islamic text, um, it mentions wearing like a veil, a covering. And it is for modesty. A lot of women do view modesty um, differently, but mm -hmm. it's in the Quran. And um, it's a big part of our religion. And religion is very important to me because I really enjoy just like talking to God. Like I'll just be like in my car and I'm like, hey God, what's up? It's me, Kadra. It's me, Kadra. Like I had a really good day today. I'm like, man, like what happened? Like, yeah. like, like today was rough. Like it's like it really connects me um, to my religion. Mm -hmm. And it's, I really love reading the Quran and it's nice to know that like um, I can read it and I see it in the Quran and I see other Muslim women who talk about it very openly and I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it is very hard to wear it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's just part about be part of being a human. It can be difficult just being in Western culture and again viewing the media or hearing things. But I think it also just makes me stronger because I want to wear it, so I'm going to wear it. Yeah. Even yeah. if days do get a little bit hard. Yeah, but you know your story, Kadra, and the people who yes. get a chance to meet you and to have these experiences where they get to sit down and talk to you and learn about you. All this insight is really powerful and dynamic. And just thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so happy to know you. You're such a thoughtful, smart, intelligent. Uh, woman who is funny as nobody's business and <laughs> Wait, i appreciate really? it yeah that makes me so happy because i've had people tell me like kajri you're not funny. no you're funny what? you're good <laughs> and, and I, my friends would be like please stop you're not funny at all and uh, i appreciate it so now next time i'm late i'm just gonna be like kajri cp time right? <laughs> yes like, yes chill it out no one, I'm of kidding. The things too, one of the things that i like like i'm super like i think is super cool and interesting okay you know bluetooth headset right um, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. One thing I, I know, I know what you're gonna I say. I sometimes see women around Minneapolis who stick their phone in their hijab and it's like a Bluetooth hack. Like, you don't I, need a Bluetooth. It's hands free. I see that. I'm so <laughs> glad you mentioned that. My mom yes. does that. Like, my mom will literally put her phone yep. um, in her hijab and she'll just walk oh, around. Correct. Yeah, like they're in the store. Like, that's free. free. Life hack yeah. right there. Yeah. Who needs Hashtag. a Bluetooth when you just can shove it up there? And yeah. Just, I, yes. Every time I see that, I smile. I think it's, it's such a cool, like, hack. I love it. <laughs> it started with the flip phones. Now it's with the smartphone. <laughs> Whenever I see that, I always laugh. Like, that is genius. Like, that's genius. It's genius. Yeah. It's, it's... They got, like, f like their kids with them. Right. They're on the phone talking to someone and they're just, I love it. Awesome. I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> So, well, so, I, so like we've talked about this has been an awesome conversation and we kind of want to like help facilitate these conversations with girls too. like if they know someone in their school, they want to get to know better. They want to make a new friend. Like how can girls like reach across culture and like reach out to maybe so a, a Somali girl in their class or something like that if they wanted to talk to them and learn more about their experience? I think um, a big first step is being educated and i think that no matter how old you are that's so important to emphasize i think as um sometimes as people who are marginalized people have people view us as the ones who always have to educate other people like it's mm -hmm. our job to educate and no like you yeah do your googles <laughs> like, <laughs> like research um figure it's so easy to just go online and figure out where somalis um like um, what they eat, what their language is, yeah. um, what religion a lot of them um, observe. And so I think a big first step is education. But yeah. I also think we're lucky that we live in Minnesota because there are so many different resources 
I, uh, even me, like, I cannot believe it. My friend who lives in Toronto, she texted me um, a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, there's also my art show in Minnesota. <laughs> Come through and support me. And I was like, girl, yes, but I didn't know about that. <laughs> and so I came and there were other Somalis who um, were showcasing their art and their yeah. poetry. Poetry is very important to us. Yeah. And I was like, this is incredible. It's amazing. And so there's so many different resources, so yeah. many different events that happen around Minnesota. So easily just google events and um go to the somali museum yeah that's a really big one um there are two in minnesota so uh, it's a big way to just know um artifacts and just to know more about the history of somalia yeah and i know shana you've gone to the somali mall yes carmel down in uh south minneapolis yes yes it is so awesome it's really cool you get to see so many beautiful things that are sold and beautiful uh, earrings and art and materials and eat really good food and eat sambusa yes. and <laughs> yes. get some oh, that, was good, that was good pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's a really big one. I was I, there all the time when I was younger. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was really small when I first came to Minnesota and every year it just gets bigger and bigger. Now they got their own parking ramp. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like, like parking. That's a big deal. Like, <laughs> And whenever I go there, um, I always see more and more people who aren't Somali there. Yeah. Like my girl, my friend, she told me, um, hey, like she really wanted scarves for like the winter. And she's like, I heard they got cheap scarves there. And I'm like, yeah, they yeah. do. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so um, so many different people like come to the Somali Ma and like there's so many different Somali restaurants like all throughout Minneapolis and even the suburbs that surround the cities and so many different resources, so many different events that happen. And so if girls do want to know, um, they can go online and see these events, do some research. And also, don't be afraid to ask questions. I yeah. I know, at least personally for me, um, if someone does have a question, um, I will answer. I know not everyone is comfortable with asking quest- answering questions. But for me, I'd rather someone ask me a question than just kind of assume, right. assume yeah. things. So. And there's really cool um, community ed classes um, around yes. how to make Sambusa or how to... Um, my, a good friend of mine has taken has taken Sambusa making classes, um, intro to Somali classes and Somali dance classes to learn and to connect with others um, and to also break out some new moves. Yes. You know, break out in traditional Somali dances at the club. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, and it, it really gives you insight. I think um, I think connecting with others, just remembering that we all have siblings, we all have favorite foods, we all have family traditions, and finding our commonality and understanding yeah. what makes us unique but also we all got that little brother we want to strangle sometime i know not I me know. oh yeah that's <laughs> right. me. Hannah, no don't say anything <laughs> Hannah, don't say anything <laughs> no i'm just kidding um but in and also we kind of think about it and maybe we can we can merge it but how did you know of a couple of ways that you would promote for supporting somali muslim girls in our community and help them being successful that's such a great question. I I said this earlier, but Somali girls rock. We're just like <laughs> I'm serious. We're we're just an incredible force, and give but giving us resources would be the best thing. Um, I've had a couple of Somali groups come to me, and they really want to have Girl Scouts, or they have a bunch of Somali girls who want to do different things, like they want to go camping, or they want to go to the science museum. And these girls are creative and intuitive and inquisitive, and they want to learn more. 
And so if we were able to give them these resources and um, put them on the same level as their peers, yeah. that'd be incredible, just the work that they do. Because unfortunately, in other communities or schools that are predominantly white, they do get more resources mm -hmm. and better textbooks or better computers or their counselors are meeting with them every second to talk about colleges and universities. And so a lot of small girls do get that, depending on what schools they are in, but a lot of them, they want more resources, more opportunities. So if we were able to support our girls in that way with giving them as many of these opportunities as possible, I just know that they'd be more rock stars than they already are. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Kadra, for sharing with us. Yeah, it Thank was you. awesome having you. We had a great discussion. Thank you. That was so Learned much fun. Learned so much today. We're not quite done yet because at the end of um, all of our episodes, we always do a would you rather question because me and Shane are kind of obsessed with these. So I'm very and we like excited. to debate and like figure out where we stand. So our producer Idell is going to come on and ask us the secret question that we did not know in advance. And that's going to be our would you rather question. Hey, okay. So today's would you rather question, you know, I always find the good ones. I don't know if this one. <laughs> I'm is. very, uh, I'm very high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should have high expectations. Okay. So, would you rather be able to teleport anywhere at any time or be able to read minds? Oh, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got, it. I've got mine as well. <laughs> All right. I've got it. I do not want to read people's minds. I don't I either. Just don't. <laughs> Kadra, you and either. I are on the same plane. <laughs> I don't want to read people's minds because I just don't want to be like in their space <laughs> but I'm the same way. being able well here's what well, I do is it just people or is it because if it's animals then we can connect with each other remember that That's show true. it's like Shana's dream to feel wild thornberries yes yes and like I could talk to cows and that would make my day. Oh, wild thorberries. I remember that from back in the day. But I would yes. want to teleport because it would be so fun to be able to go to, like, France or go to, like, you know, Duluth for the weekend and not have to worry about gas and traffic. So that's where I landed. And by teleport, do we mean – sorry, I'm going to go way nerd on this. Nerd, as always. Nerd alert. <laughs> um, by teleport, do we mean use a teleportation device or that we have the innate ability to teleport? <laughs> I think that's a good question. So, I think because the reading minds part, I'm so you're gonna say it's like a super. I'm gonna say it's like a superpower okay. and not like like a Star Trek thing. Because it's important <laughs> for me to know the difference because teleportation devices supposedly like break down your atoms and then reconstruct them, meaning oh, yeah. like it's technically a different person, kind of. Right, and so that can like go terribly freaks, wrong. That freaks me out a little. Also. <laughs> But if it's like an innate ability, I, we're gonna say it's an innate yeah. ability. You can just appear anywhere that you yeah, put and it's your me. mind to. It is truly yeah. me. It's yeah. my same consciousness. <laughs> yeah, it's you. Th then I would. It's all you. I would. Pick, <laughs> I would also pick teleportation because kind of similar reason for Shana. I just don't want to like get up in people's heads about stuff, and like I think that I also think that would like. I already have like anxiety about what other people are thinking about me. I don't want to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I'm I the same way. <laughs> Just Even like they can have that. Like yeah. they can have that. And and I don't need to know. So I say teleportation because then you could go like all over the place at the blink of an eye and that would be sweet. Yes. Cool. 
What do you think, Kadra? Okay, I'm a very empathetic person. And have you ever been in a class before and you're just kind of like going off and you're thinking about crazy things? And then you sit back and you're like, did anyone, can anyone read my mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And you're looking around yeah, and you're yeah, like, I hope nobody. I do this yeah, on the bus. What is on the bus? <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes my mind will wander and I'll see someone looking at me and I'm like, can, do they, do they hear that? <laughs> what if they actually had the power and they could, you know what I mean? And they'll be so, like, I'll be like thinking in my head, I'll be like, if you could understand this. Oh I did the same thing. <laughs> Get out of my I head. I did the same oh thing. <laughs> I told this to a friend and they were like. What are you talking about? I do the same thing. I get don't really. Don't worry, Anna. We're yes. in solidarity with you. That person don't understand, but we all get it. I am the same. Moments. No, I'm the same way. Like I will sit there and I'm like, I really hope no one, because you know sometimes you just like had a long day and you dissociate and like yeah, you just gotta you chill go, it out a little bit. Yeah, you go from like thinking about like groceries or something and your mind is going like crazy, just like thousand miles per hour, and you're like, I really hope no one <laughs> heard that. You know, what I, so I would. I would hate to be that person that was on the bus just staring at people. And I'm like, I can hear everything you're saying. <laughs> I would never want to put myself in that position ever in my life. I would rather av- like forever avoid CP time and just <laughs> teleport wherever I needed to be. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That's true. That kind of <laughs> that kind of in. <laughs> All right. So I, you know. Same. I think this one's kind of obvious. Well, I'd be interested in anybody who would choose the mind reading one because I want to know the reasons. Maybe you're just like really curious. What would be a good reason though? Maybe they want to help people. Maybe you want to help people, but like maybe if- they like a therapist or something. <laughs> but I just I think it would be so weird to be listening to somebody's thoughts and then be like they have no idea (laughs) yeah they're thinking right now i would just feel i would feel too bad for listening like i I would would feel i would feel guilty for listening so i am gonna pick teleporting because i think just being able to go anywhere anytime would be awesome which has i think been my answer for like a few of our <laughs> yeah. so maybe flying there's a theme. teleporting yeah like like let's just get somewhere else adela's over travel cool time <laughs> <laughs> no more travel time <laughs> yeah no airports no like nothing i could just be be there anywhere anytime you yeah. could skip the tsa yes <laughs> skip it forever <laughs> I was low-key thinking about that, just skipping (laughs) airports forever and just going wherever I wanted to. Yep. No, I don't think that's a bad idea. All right. And now it's time for Girls Pick. Hi, I am Miski, and these are my picks. My top three movies are Christopher Robin, Skyscraper, and... um, quiet place i like this movies because they all have one thing in common um it's about f- family and it's like this dads get to protect their families at first they don't have time enough time for them and later on they realize that there's nothing better than family that's why i like them because i really love my family too and one day i could do something that will make them proud of me girl talk is brought to you by girl scouts river valleys our hosts are Shayna Woods and Hannah Gilbert. The show is produced by Adele Erickson with audio editing by McAllister Grant. For more about the podcast and our team, go to girltalk.girlscoutsrv.org. See you next time. Girl Talk.